0: is let me read her quote again she's so good it is unconscionable that immigrants are being targeted and deported for simple possession of marijuana and it's especially egregious in the states that have a legal framework for marijuana states and municipalities must stand against this type of fear-mongering and protect their residents said melissa moore yay melissa moore yay your sister-in-law yeah well kind of i mean she's uh,
1: Money Woolstein. Chilling over here today. Having fun. Uh, Today is the uh, 37th annual comedy day over there in the uh, Golden Gate Perk. I'm going to be over there later after I get out of here. Already saw Miss Pam and all them earlier and that was pretty fun. Uh, Fuck it. Let's play a little music for half a second and get my shit together. Uh, Professor Woostein is out today. He is on Assignment. sitting here thinking about an idea I had the other a uh, couple weeks ago. But uh I was gonna talk to my buddy about it, but since he's not here, I guess I'll talk to you guys about it. Um I was thinking those guys are doing that Game of Thrones shit and it was getting me really mad about cause like I don't give a fuck about Game of Thrones. <laughs> but the uh but I really don't give a fuck about their new idea, the um sp- it's it's an old question I used to always ask I I think I've asked it on this show Um, (laughs) do you think slavery would still be a thing if they hadn't passed if the Emancipation Proclamation wasn't a thing and uh, my money is still on yes but um, they're going to take this shit to the big time basically and do a Philip K. Dick man in the high castle with the uh, slavery in America thing which I think is going to be horseshit but because their show right now is shit. the idea <laughs> that cracks me up I think would be cool. You can make a fucking um like a card game out of it, you can make a board game out of it, you can make a video game out of this. What if instead of doing it that way, you turn the shit into like d and d, you know, and had like fucking cool magic and weird like fucking do the whole thing do like the trading cards and put samurai and shit in it um you could also like have like you know you'll have like fucking uh harriet tubman being a fucking like 12th level wizard type shit you know (laughs) literally do moses shit and part the goddamn uh water apart and shit when she needs to do stuff you got fucking uh like you know robert e lee's like a Gandalf.
2: hello hello hi can you hear me i can so many podcasts so little time i know well,
3: actually, we haven't had a, one of these, uh, <laughs> but nobody people's. knows that. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, we've been MIA for... For a month. Speaking of MIA. I saw her
2: last weekend. <laughs> How was she? Oh, my God. She was like... She made Beyonce look like trailer trash. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's she owned gets, that shit.
3: <laughs> that's always an interesting, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting opinion.
2: It was funny because she was le- she was a couple of minutes late, so there, yeah. I think some people were thinking, oh, she's not she's gonna, infamous for doing that. She's not gonna be here. She's not gonna make it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, wow, like I just spent like a couple hours waiting for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and she was the last the last uh, performance that i saw uh, at the festival so it was kind of like uh, i'm kind of like writing on this um but no she was it was really awesome to that see probably her.
3: made her performance sweeter then because oh, you yeah. were kind of like expecting it and
2: yeah and it was kind of fun like staying at certain stages like honestly i stayed mostly at the main stages because i was like okay if i'm gonna only see a few bands I'm going to see the bands that I really want to see even though I would have loved to have seen more Um, there were other bands that we've seen Mighty Mighty Boss Tones um, uh, Best Coast um, some other ones as as well but there just wasn't enough time to to do it and by Sunday I was pretty much toast my body was toasted, my mind was toasted. And this was at? <laughs> um, this was at Riot Fest, Riot Fest. the last yeah. day. So last Sunday, almost a week ago. Got, it's been that long. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been
3: a week. And before that, you went camping. And I
2: went camping like two weeks before that. Yeah. And then I went to LA to It's Not Dead. So yeah. it was like pretty much all of the, the traveling and running around caught up with me, I think, this week. Yeah. Because last night I was just like, I'm eating and going straight to bed. But you're here. You didn't die. I didn't die. I really wanted to to do the show this week because it had been a while. And, um, you know, I've been talking to a couple of people who are interested in coming in. So, I mean, at least it gives me something to do. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like, a part of me was like, I just want to stay in bed for the rest of the weekend. (laughs) Just to catch up, you know, you can, there's only so much energy that you can exert before you're like, okay, I'm like, I'm tanked out, okay? I'm like, if you're, if I was in a wrestling match, I'd be like... (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> like, They're in the white towel or whatever.
2: Yeah, just be, like, doing that, that tapping thing that they do. You know more about wrestling than I do. Yeah, I used well, I used to watch it, because my brother loved to watch, um, we shared a room growing up, so he loved to watch, um, Smackdown and, mm. uh, Monday Night Raw, and some of it was really entertaining, I'm not gonna lie. The, um, The Rock, when he was first starting out, and now he's, you know, riding high. Yeah. Um... You know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, female wrestlers now. They have their own, bless you. They had their own TV show, which I watched for a period of time called, uh, now they're called WWE. They're not called WWF. I used to watch it when it was WWF, but now um, they're called WWE. And um, yeah, they have a whole show that's dedicated to all the, the, famous, you know, female wrestlers right now. And it's kind of interesting to watch. I mean, sometimes you wonder, like, what's it like behind the scenes? What's their life like? You know, the whole reality show part of it. But you know that it's just an act. Yeah. You know, the the wrestling part of it. It's but all entertainment. It's, it really is. Um, but anyways, yeah, I used to watch that. What was I talking about? Oh, I was making a comparison between uh tapping out tapping out <laughs> <laughs> and wrestling and in, in, in life in general <laughs> but you know what it was, it was worth it because I had a really you know memorable fun summer I went to a lot of festivals um but riot fest was definitely my favorite Um, I don't know it was weird it was like the first night I felt like wow am I dreaming because I'd I'd seen all those bands before I'd seen the Buscocks I'd seen New Order I'd seen Nine Inch Nails but I was like wow it's like I'm reliving I'm in a dream but I knew that it was really happening Um, and then I got to see Ministry too I'd never seen them they were kind of interesting they were singing some kind of protest song about Trump I don't remember the name of the song but that was pretty good co- They have They have that whole Because they're part of the um, That style of music It's mm-hmm. gonna have Do you remember what it's called? <laughs> uh, no, I don't Oh, I can't remember the style of music But it inspired Nine Inch- What? What? It inspired Nine Inch Nails Oh, um, industrial? Industrial, that's right <sighs> um, So that whole scene Apparently inspired Trent Reznor I thought they were
3: reggae Oh, no uh, Ministry? Not ministry there was a reg... You said something about reggae, like a reggae band that was there.
2: Oh, uh, Bad Brains.
3: Bad Brains. I yeah, I didn't
2: know either. I saw Bad Brains on Saturday because I was... I figured, well, I might as well catch them because they're on before Mike D. And yeah. that way I can get closer to the stage. But um, yeah, they... have He's like Rust, the lead singer of Bad Brains, is Rastafari. Like he's into. They were singing some reggae songs, and I enjoyed that more than the old school songs that people were going crazy over. Yeah. It was really weird, but um, I never, I never really got into them. I never really yeah. got into that whole DC hardcore scene. Whenever I hear a famous
3: person, they're interviewing them, and they say, "Who inspired you?" A lot of times, Bad
2: Brains yeah. comes up, and I think Bad Brains inspired like dave grohl and the foo fighters he was part of that scene yeah. at least in the beginning he was but um you know i gave i gave it a shot like you're not gonna like everything or love everything that you see but it's just, um, sometimes that's um sometimes
3: the beauty of going to a festival you yeah, know
2: you kind of have that variety yeah,
3: you kind of have to endure everything
2: and uh see if you like it yeah Yeah, try new things. I I mean, I wish I had more time. There was the whole carnival thing going on. Mm -hmm. You could go on rides. Um, um, I tried to check out the the merch. I didn't see any shirts that I wanted, but they had, like, a huge merch thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that would have been nice. Just for Riot Fest and then for the bands, and I was trying to pay attention to just like the bands that were selling stuff um the food was pretty good i felt like there was a lot of variety even though somebody was like no there's not a lot of variety i was like "Uh, yeah there's There's like a bunch of stuff but it's just a matter of finding the place that doesn't have the long the longest um line to buy stuff um i didn't drink that much alcohol for obvious reasons i think i had like Two drinks the entire weekend. That's a way to go, especially if you're not in your city,
3: you know, where you like know you can just tumble on home.
2: I was like, I think I had one on Friday. It was either the first night, I think it was the first night, and it was so hard for me to like. Stay for nine inch nails. I can't even tell you. I was like, damn it. <laughs> it, it like, I felt like it was going to make or break me. And some people are fine. Some people could drink, you know, like guys were drinking beer all day long and they were fine. But for me, I was like, nah, I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. But that pina colada with no alcohol in it, girl, that really like hit the spot. That sounds um, good right now, actually. Yeah.
3: I would, some, I was, but I would put some rum in
2: there. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, damn, I should have brought my flask. But, uh, <laughs> But anyways, um, yeah, the highlights were definitely Queens of the Stone Age, New Order, and my uh, Peaches actually kind of blew me away because I was like, well, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about her. Like, I know her, I know of her music, but I'm not like a fan or a super fan or anything. Mm. But she, she was really like, she was insane. So I was like, well, I'm kind of digging it. And yeah, people, people were like cheering her on, and she got the whole like. Female empowerment thing going on. Like, this is what I'm about. So yeah. I'm like, I can, you know, I'm at that age where I can understand it now. Yeah. I think back then I was like, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I don't know. yeah. She's and actually she's here a lot. She's here in San Francisco a lot. I've never seen her, but I think we've had a few chances to see her. And actually, she was yeah. at Outside Lands at one at one point. But um, I
2: think it was last year. Yeah, we were. I was thinking about seeing her, but yeah, but it was
3: we were we were, we were there with the plan. Uh, <laughs> there was a Radiohead year. That's what I know. Right. Last year, right. at, as mm-hmm. and so we were kind of you know working our working our way towards the. Bare, the very front, so there was like no way we could have gone anywhere and, and gotten that spot again. So, um but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with festivals now. I feel like now that I've kind of got my fill on like being there, like in the front and fighting and like just being like total dicks to people and like people being total dicks towards you. Now, if I go to a festival, I feel like I wouldn't mind sitting in the back and just scanning a blanket and just you know uh-huh. sitting in the grass and just getting drunk in the back instead of <laughs> trying to well and then also just going to the bathroom whenever you fucking need to go oh, like yeah, you know i mean true. instead of holding it like I, I my body can't take that anymore true. <laughs> um yeah so it's, it's a different dynamic a different different approach i will take towards uh festivals now mm-hmm. than than before when i was you know I think last, last year was kind of like, I realized, yeah, I can't do this shit anymore. Like, it's not fun. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But, but I, it would be funner if I just chilled in the back.
2: That's, totally yeah
3: that's definitely something to say for getting older um,
2: <laughs> and it was weird I mean obviously I wanted to get up closer for certain acts yeah but um, some of them I was like well I'll just show up and see what happens and like, sometimes it I'd just happens where you
3: just like people leave and you just somehow yeah. you make your 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 exactly. way to the front and you're just like oh well fuck alright the right opportunity and I got even lucky even when we go to concerts it's like
2: that yeah and I got lucky for Mike D I had no, no plans to be like like right up front on the barricade, I was like, i right, yeah. I'm gonna enjoy this, you know? Yeah, enjoy this so much more. And MIA too, I wasn't planning on being up front. Have you ever that. seen the BC Boys? No, never. So, well, you only saw one, but. Yeah, I talked to a girl. Who I asked her if she had seen his set, and she was like, No, I saw him back in the day. And I was like, Okay, you're fine. You didn't miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for people who had never had the chance to see him, I felt like it was kind of special. The only thing that was kind of weird was he was playing other people's music, yeah. which I get because he's DJing and he's not, he was kind of doing. He's both. by himself. Yeah. yeah. He was performing Beastie Boys and he was, you know, playing, you know, Chance the Rapper and Jay Z, but I was like, really I don't give a shit about those guys yeah but other people loved it which yeah. is fine but that was just my opinion my honest opinion but I enjoyed seeing what he had to offer and I enjoyed seeing all the other acts that I saw pretty much and um it was pretty hot I'm not gonna lie it wasn't like sweltering hot like um uh it's not dead fest that was that was sweltering hot oh god um, so Yeah. But this one was more like, I need to drink water every five minutes and I don't have enough. Yeah. But you just, you know, set your mind a certain way and and make sure that you are prepared for long periods of time of no water and no restroom access. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, luckily, a lot of the days I didn't get there till later. I didn't get there like right when it opened. I like took my time you know, getting there and no, it was, it was a good experience. And I'm, I'm curious to see what happens next year. Like what, if the lineup will be similar or, or better, um, but yeah, who who cares about outside ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, the
3: other reason I would I go is because it's in my neighborhood. But other than that, I yeah. probably wouldn't go yeah. if it weren't if it weren't right there. I would just be like, see ya. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to be ya. Uh. But I do like the fact that they're making uh, certain festivals more music genre oriented. I feel like Riot Fest has that punk uh, slash rock, etc. Uh, Under its under its belt, yeah, and and hopefully they keep it that way. Right. Um, it's not dead, obviously. Was for punk. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like I I would rather do something like that than go to like a trendy one like Outside Lands or Coachella or um, even what's the one in um
2: Treasure Island.
3: No, the one in. I mean, I I think I would still want to go to Austin City Limits. Yeah. Um, yeah, or me too. S- South by Southwest. Yeah,
2: just to go. The Texas oh ones—they
3: they still seem legit, um, but definitely Coachella and Altaylands have kind of that feel of just being, yeah, just being a lot of um, celebrity,
2: you know, slash slash whatever is whatever is popular at the moment. And I think if you want Riot Fest on a smaller scale, I think Burger Boogaloo was definitely. Oh that. yeah. Festival and that was you know right across the bay here. Yeah. Um, that was that was a lot of fun too, and that was only two days. <laughs> um, and you get to see John Waters. Yeah. Um, Host on the hour by the hour. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. I had a good summer, and now I'm. at uh, I think I'm done with festivals at least till next year. <laughs> yeah. At least until January. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a couple of things going on in L.A. Um. Next weekend actually but not gonna make it
3: Um, and obviously we have the uh, free festival uh hardly strictly bluegrass uh, that's
2: right
3: coming up in october Mm -hmm. and uh we have another festival of another sort next tomorrow going down on Folsom. oh that one (laughs) it's more of a fair a street fair if you will uh a leather fair a leather fair (laughs) so if you're into chains and leather and whips and pee um yeah
2: yeah I think go there to that tomorrow I've been twice it's free right it's free and then you pay well you pay like a donation I think when you walk in that's like five or ten bucks
3: I'm sad that so, well, I'm not sad. It's kind of interesting, I'm going to say, that they still have Folsom Street Fair donation-based festivals, sort of, you know, they close down Folsom and do this festival, whereas they can't keep Pink Saturday, which is Pride, you know, Castro, you know, LGBT community. They can't, that's not going on anymore, because even with the with the donation, they can't, Get enough money to actually provide porta potties, or you know, security, or pay the city uh, for the police that come in and kind of like stand guard at that at that party. I, it's just weird to me how Folsom's still doing it, and somehow they get enough money to do it, mm-hmm. but Pink Saturday doesn't. So I don't know. It's just well,
2: interesting. Folsom also has. Bands performing. Uh, so there is kind of that yeah. draw, well, a little bit.
3: Castro has DJs, which makes sense for for Castro DG. because it's
2: Castro, yeah. They're yeah. they're for the, the dancing part of it. They could have um they should have shit. That one band. Not the queers. <laughs> the weirdos? Not the weirdos. uh I'm forgetting the name. But they're on Lookout Records. And they're know. known, they have, they're LGBT friendly. Actually, oh. a couple of the members are actually gay. And I saw them a couple months ago, and I can't remember their name. Frankie goes to Hollywood? No. The <laughs> 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 the 90s. I'll have to look it up later and get it back to you. But anyways, yeah. what I'm saying is there Four are... Four
3: non-blondes? Just kidding, I don't know.
2: <laughs> like, just throwing out, like, queer just, bands at yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Well, what I was saying well, is there are queer yeah. people who aren't necessarily into djs oh my
3: god um bands. tears not tears for fears the other band fuck the one that had the really oh, cool pansy division that's the, name. Oh. that's the
2: name of the band yeah
3: they're the joy division <laughs> queer uh yeah the yeah. uh what do you call it
2: they're oh. awesome by the way <laughs> uh, tribute band yeah
3: queer tribute band to joy division
2: you saw them yeah i saw them when i went to uh gilman that one time I went to Gilman oh, that's and I was right. kind of turned off by the whole thing, to be honest. They were very like kind of, they charged me like an extra $5 because I wasn't a member. I didn't have a member card. and then I, What the fuck? What yeah. club was it? It was Gilman Street, the infamous oh. club where, you know, Operation Ivy, Green Day, um, you know, Rancid, they all got their start at this small club in North Berkeley. I would have just
3: been like, impressed.
2: Let me in for free. You guys
3: are <laughs> Gilman Street, like fuck. Like you guys are anti establishment.
2: Yeah, it was like it was just kind of a weird attitude or feel that I got when I walked in the door and I was like, Okay, I'm probably never gonna come here again. Yeah. Um but yeah, the bands were great. I saw the Groovy Ghoulies, I saw I saw some other bands that I never really got into. They were much more ob- obscure than a lot of the bands that I listened to, which mm-hmm. were, you know, Green Day was their their hot ticket at the time Um, uh, I was kind of thinking they would be there but I think they were they weren't there that night they were on their their tour Uh, they were doing a tour Um, yeah and I, w- I really wanted to see uh, Mr. T experience. I had seen them a long time ago, but they were playing like close to midnight, and I had to catch the BART train home. Oh yeah. I decided not to drive, and I was like, "Fuck! I probably should have drove because I had to run in the rain around midnight by myself with that umbrella back yeah. to." It's not that bad if you're walking during the day, but at night it's like a good twenty minutes, yeah. like twenty-five minutes, I and I was see what you're going. And I was booking it. Okay. Yeah and it wasn't like drizzling it was somewhere between drizzling and pouring so it was raining yeah I think
3: you invited me to that and I was like I don't think I want to go because it's gonna rain because it was like the beginning of the year
2: it rained practically like every day yeah yeah but I I survived and it was it was fun. I just think if I ever went there again, I probably would drive. If they're gonna have bands playing at midnight, yeah. which I didn't think. Yeah. Oh, they're probably gonna you know be done by. Yeah, because we're we're
3: usually when we go to Oakland, we go to the Fox, and they're pretty good about cutting it short to yeah. like you know oh, yeah. cutting it at eleven or eleven thirty, mm-hmm. and you're, if anything, you'll you'll make the last last part for sure. Mm-hmm. But um. But yeah, it's kind of a toss-up when you go to yeah. Oakland, and you're like, uh, it was one of those. Have to rely on Bart,
2: and one th- you never experiences. know. But anyways, I I was so impressed by M.A.'s performance. I bought a ticket to see her. Um, she's playing at the Fox. Oh, nice! So that'll be, that'll be an interesting. Um, I haven't been to the Fox in forever, too. Yeah. So, th- I think that'll be a fun experience. <sighs>
3: Oh, yes, I have it to the fuck so for that, I'm yawning.
2: Yes, we're so interested. Um, that's not how I talk. I'm just stories. yawning and talking at the
3: same time. Um, I have Billy Corgan in the news. Do news. You. Yes, um, Billy Corgan reunites with James Iha on new solo album. The Rick Rubin produced LP also features a tribute to Bowie. <laughs> Next month Billy Corgan will release his new solo album Ogi Lala. In a new interview with Rolling Stone, Corgan noted that it will I will sorry, it will feature an appearance from the former Smashing Pumpkins bandmate James Iha. Corgan revealed that in addition to Iha's appearance on the album track The Professional, they've collaborated on another new song which he said will be likely be a B-side. And the last time they pro-collaborated on a record was Smashing Pumpkin's 2000 album Mac- Machina, or Makina,
2: Makina, the
3: second, The Friends and Enemies of Modern Music, according to RS. Last year, they played live together for the first time in a while. Um, everywhere in the interview, um, elsewhere in the interview, Corgan revealed that the record's opening track, Zoe, is a tribute to David Bowie. I was quoting, I was really struck by his passing, he said. You almost have to take a step back and be like, okay, that's the end of a journey. What does it mean? How do we evaluate this artist now that there's no more? It's sort of a close to the circle. It closes the circle. Uh Corgan also addressed why he chose to release the album under his full name as opposed to his more widely known nickname and Twitter handle. At some point Billy just gets kind of weird, he said. First of all, I'm 50 years old. I am obviously I was obviously Billy really in the band, but now I feel like that is somebody else and it's hard to explain other than it's sometimes you just want to change it up you just want to change up the wallpaper you can read the full story at rolling stone um, but this is out of the pitchfork uh Oli ogi lala was produced by rick rubin it's really hard Need to even fathom reading. Um, it's due at October 13 on October thirteenth via BMG and the release will also be accompanied by a pillbox, a short film written in correct and co-directed by Corgan. You can watch the trailer below. So I guess Pillbox is a trailer mm-hmm. to some sort of movie, and you can watch it. Um, the Pitchfork,
2: very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how it's been almost two years, and even um, Trent Reznor was like, "Wow, like David Bowie, you know, really affected me." It's
3: been almost two years. Yeah, Jesus
2: Christ. Yeah. In f- January, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting how it's like they keep bringing it up. He's so wonderful. Um, so, anyways. Um, Marilyn Manson has a new album and he just recently did uh, an interview with The Enemy, so I'll read you an excerpt from that. He likes Johnny Depp, William S. Burroughs and collecting illegal human skeletons. He dislikes birthday parties, getting up early and wants to blow up everyone at his funeral. He's Marilyn Manson and he's back with a new album. Uh, Lenny Cooper meets him in Berlin. I want to look like I'm dead but people still want to fuck me. drawls Marilyn mm-hmm. Manson in a voice deeper and darker than a freshly dug grave. We're in a de- <laughs> I knew this was going to be good We're in a dim Berlin basement And the self-appointed god of fuck Is telling enemy how he wants to be lit For our video shoot He's sipping neat vodka And looking impressively sharp In a sleek tartan suit And blackout aviator style sunglasses With heavy silver rings Lining his pale tattooed hands as charming as he is crude, he's a vintage Hollywood star by way of a Grimm's fairy tales villain, plainfully kissing the back of your hand one minute but threatening to hunt you down the next. It's been 23 years since Manson and his band released their caustic industrial metal debut, Portrait of an American Family. <laughs> (laughs) While the record that made him a star, pop pariah, and the most famous Satanist in the world, Antichrist Superstar, came out in 1996. Yet the man born Brian Warner is now a more powerful cultural voice than ever before, just as likely to pop up on your television. Over the past few years, he's had roles in Sons of Anarchy, Salem, and Californication. The younger generation of zeitgeisty musicians all seem to be tripping over themselves to get a bit of Manson uh, action, too. Oh, Justin Bieber has passed off old Marilyn Manson shirt designs as his own merchandise. Skepta proudly hung out with him at the British Fashion Awards, and rapper Lil Uzi Vert <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, was recently spotted wearing a 160,000-pound chain featuring a huge, blinged-out rendering of Manson's face. Oh my God! That's really awesome. In 2017, Marilyn Manson is well and truly a modern icon. But what of his music? On the eve of his tenth album, Heaven Upside Down, Marilyn Manson is out to prove that his matters, that this matters just as much as the myth and madness that surrounds him. Have you got to hear the album? I have. Kill for me is my favorite song on it. Is it the most sar- sarcastic pop song ever? <laughs> He, he's asking the interviewing guy the questions. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is that what you wanted to be? No, I didn't intend it to be a pop song. Tyler Bates, who is my music partner, is also a sick, fucking, dark, twisted fucker. Yeah. He scores films Guardians of the Galaxy. That was really good. John Wick, Dawn of the Dead. And we were trying to find the point in the record where... There was going to be a story That was the point when the story began It's very romantic I wrote the lyrics almost as a poem I just simply said, would you kill for me It was almost trying to make fun Of the fact that I hate songs Where people are whining and saying I'd die for you I don't like it when people ask questions in songs Because they sound like pussies (laughs) Wow (laughs) Do you often write romantic songs? (laughs) I think the whole record's romantic in a strange way. Is Heaven Upside Down your most romantic record to date? It's the most realized. My biggest and most fierce, certainly. Everyone likes their new records, so I'm not going to sit here and say I love my new record. But this record is important in the scheme of what needs to happen and not in the I need to save the world or I give a shit about anything other than making fun of the musicians who can't make this record way or making my own records in the past. Feel bad for themselves for not being this record. What? I'm confused. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to really outdo myself. Okay. And then the article just keeps going on and on. And I think I will have to read more of it later because I'm like, yeah. wait, wait. You got to finish that thought. <laughs> you like second guess yourself reading it, which it's like, what's going on in this interview? To me, that's more interesting than just like, ah, yeah, man. And
3: then he said, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> note to self.
3: <laughs> and I think better news um, I have New Order and Peter Hook settling long-standing legal dispute, yep. finally. Finally. Back and forth... Over ownership of the New Order name, it reaches full and final settlement. New Order and former bassist Peter Hook have reached a full and final settlement in a new long running dispute over ownership of New Order and Joy Division assets. Back in 2015, Hook sued his former bandmates Bernard Summer, uh, Stephen Morris, and Gillian or Gillian Gilbert in a royalties dispute. Hook claimed that after new order set up a new company in 2011 to take care of the band's finances they executed him excluded him and <laughs> not executed him and uh shorted him more than 2.3 million around that's pounds so i guess around 3.5 million at the time of the claim for their part, the rest of the band said Hook receives his full share at the back catalog royalties and contested the, his issue of New Order Android Division assets in merchandising and promoting of Peter Hook in the light shows. Now, the case has been put to bed. Quoting, uh, New Order announced that today a full and final test uh, settlement has been reached in the long-running disputes uh, with their former bassist Peter Hook mm-hmm. the band write in a statement the Joy Division and New Order names have a great deal to so many of the fans and the band felt it's important to to, to protect the legacy with mm-hmm. these issues now dealt with Bernard St- uh, Steven and Jillian can continue to do what they do best make music and perform live On Friday morning, Hook released his own statement saying, Myanmar, Mexico City, and closer to home to the recent events in Manchester, London, and other cities, that is what's important. Thank you all for the love and support I have received. My comment is to read and the reactions of the people who matter most, dot, 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 the fans. And Pitchfork has contacted representatives for both New Order and Peter Hook for further comment. Nothing yet, but this is out of pitchfork.com. Interesting. Yeah. Well,
2: that was a long time coming.
3: Yeah, it seems like every once in a while that peaks up in our news uh, feed and lets us know how that's going. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah, but I think he he finally realized what's important. And, and he I think, honestly, Peter Hook finally realized... Uh, I'm a better performer. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, he finally realized it's he doesn't really need Joy Division. He doesn't really need New Order. He can do stuff on his own, you know? Yeah. And, and he and has, his been. has been. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think it's, like he said, what, the most important things are the fans. So, yeah. you know, whoever has the royalties or you know, the name New Order or Joy Division or everybody knows who Peter Hook is. right? I don't really know much of the other three from New Order but, you know, I I know that that's who they want to keep being and, you know, from what I've been hearing, it's New Order, you know, half the time they might sound pretty good but every time I've seen Peter Hook, I've never been disappointed.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that and I was kind of you know feeling them out on Friday but i was like where the hell is peter at like yeah. you know it's just it doesn't make any was, sense without peter it doesn't make sense and it's like that's what started it all and you but you know it's kind of like the thing with the gallagher brothers it's like are they ever going to get over it maybe maybe yeah. they won't
3: but they're but. nothing without each other
2: right yeah, it was that initial, like, four guys who started it all.
3: Maybe somebody should respond to that video that Liam made uh-huh. and say, bring Hey, bring the order
2: back together. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, Liam. No. Do it
3: get back together with your brother to form oasis and do a tour and maybe people would start making tea for you again
2: and make millions man make some millions exactly
3: if it wasn't so much for their stubbornness you know and and, and it's true and whatever is going on with that you know with with their issues as as brothers as blood relatives yeah you know they're they're really nothing without each other. They're not Oasis unless they're together. And and it doesn't seem like either of them really care about that, but that's what the fans want.
2: Yes, that's what I want. At I the end know of the what day. You want, yeah. But-
3: I would like him better if they were with Oasis because I know Oasis. I don't. If you ask me what a Noel Gallagher song and the High Flying bird sounds like, I'm I don't know because I never bothered to check them out because I want to yeah. I want to listen to Oasis, not yeah, Noel Gallagher, and not Liam Gallagher.
2: I mean, Liam's gonna be at the Warfield, and I'm like, he's gonna be right there. Maybe I should just go. Oh
3: yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you if you don't go, you'll regret it, and if you go, you'll regret it. So we might as well regret it and do might something. Might as well about
2: just it. do it yeah
3: <laughs> that's what I say just do it just um, do it Nike
2: <laughs> as Nike says yeah well, I was gonna read it's another one of those long ass articles but I'll just read a quick uh,
3: oh enemy
2: <laughs> snippet but I mean I enjoy them because I'd much rather get like the full feel of it but when yeah. you're on the air it's like you're you're limited to um certain ascension time. spans get smaller Yeah, so they interviewed um, Josh Holm from Queens of the Stone Age. Yes. Bish Bash Bush. No, Bish Bash bosh. It's Josh. (laughs) Queens of the Stone Age, led by the inimitable Josh Holm, don't do things by halves. That's why Leonie Cooper caught them celebrating the release of the new album, Villains, by attempting to play Reading and uh, Leeds festivals on the same day. I didn't know that. Um, so apparently they they flew in a helicopter between um, Reading is closer to London in the southern uh, southwest part of England, and then Leeds is northeast, which is you know towards the the top of the the country, so that's interesting. Um, and one of the the quotes main quotes is "I've always tried to prune our audience of racist assholes." <laughs> Um, Only a fool would try to match Josh home drink for drink. A fool or Mark Ronson. It's just gone midday and the towering cowboy shirt-wearing Queens of the Stone Age frontman home is prowling around the band's backstage compound at Leeds Festival hammering tequila with dapper producer Mark Ronson who's responsible for the Kallion Rock Titans latest album the uptempo groove-ridden villains. It's release uh, it's release day and the band are celebrating by playing not so very secret sets at both Reading and Leeds festivals on the same day the first band ever to attempt this cross country feat and drinking a whole lot of booze a helicopter emblazoned with the band's name is ferrying them first from London to Leeds and then back down to Reading In the upstairs, there's an open bar, jokes home of the chopper, and I did some laps of the pool. I don't know how many I did because I was so busy looking at the stables. The fact that the band's founding member is currently brandishing a silver-topped cane due to a long-standing knee injury exacerbated by the recent all-singing, all-dancing video shoot for The Way You Used To Do hasn't hampered the party, even though he underwent surgery just two weeks ago. I tore my leg up in the morning, but I didn't want anyone to know because then they would like try to baby me. (laughs) He's like me. He says of the epic 18-hour video shoot, which sees Home channeling Fred Astaire, Willy Wonka, and Satan himself. Despite the injury, Home upheld his Australian and Japanese tour commitments too. I can bite my lip. So I just did that a lot, he explains. So he did until it got so serious the band had to pull out of San Francisco's Outside Lens Festival. Yeah. Much to Holmes' disappointment. We had to cancel a show, which I really don't like doing. You know, everyone cancels if their fingers hurts. <laughs> Strutting on stage for the first gig of the day in blinging biker boots, Home ditches the cane and goes in hard. It might be early, but the leads crowd crammed into the enemy. Radio 110 are madly up for it, seamlessly arranging themselves into a circle pit for the filthy glamability of the new villain's material, as well as big hitters like No One Knows and Little Sister. Little sister. It's a fucking pleasure to be here, Home tells the first big crowd of the weekend. I gotta tell you, no matter how sober you are, I'm already fucked up <laughs> <laughs> it's a good audience but if it wasn't home would be the first to say something well known for calling out crowd members when he spots dickish behavior home has been fighting the good fight since the band's early days once in holland i think it was the lowlands festival i saw a guy punching a girl in the face oh i remember this row he says, my whole life I hate watching people get bullied. And so in a manner of speaking, you turn and you try to bully the bully. I have done that many times. I'm the only one with a mic, so I think some, sometimes it perhaps looks like I'm bullying somebody, and I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> if you want to continue reading, this is on com, And um, those are two, um, you know, two good articles that I've seen yes. from them recently well stay tuned for our interview with Joan Torres mm-hmm. and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio <laughs>
0: You can't fame No friends or past the flames No fire coming out the brains No beats to drive you insane No moves to make you mad crane No skills to make the bombs ingrained No feet to leave you in flames No stops Devil's
2: just talking about how to um, how to make a Hispanic Heritage Month a proper Hispanic Heritage Month and that includes a dance party.
4: Yes, people <laughs> it's necessary for people to dance. Yes.
2: And um, and this was yesterday?
4: Uh, this was on Thursday. Oh, actually. Thursday. Yeah.
2: I see. And, but and it's all month. It's all It's, not it's, it's never too late. It's from <laughs> uh, I
4: believe September 15th to October 15th. Is oh, that's the right. Hispanic uh. Heritage Month.
2: And you celebrate like Frida Kahlo and diego rivera and people who are artists as well or people who are well-known figures in um the hispanic community who have gone above and beyond in different um different areas
4: yeah i mean the, the, that that's a big part of it as well as obviously raising more awareness of what the the culture entails right so mm-hmm. in my case it'd be more more about raising awareness about the caribbean right uh-huh. um, mm-hmm because I know that, speci- especially in this area, right, the West Coast of the United States, there's yes. more connectivity with maybe like Central America or, right. or Mexico. Yes. Um, but then, you know, we bring a little bit of the Caribbean flavor, right, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, like mm-hmm. some of those mm-hmm. into the fold as well.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about um, your music project that you have going on right now.
4: So uh, in general, I have, let's say, I have two main projects, right? So uh, one project is my All Is Fused project, Which essentially, it entails a combination of different uh, influences, let's say, that have been part of me throughout the years. Uh, So as a bass player, it becomes a little bit of a challenge to, especially when you love so much music, it becomes a little bit of a challenge to, let's say, pick your genre. Mm -hmm. And you start getting challenged into, okay, do I need, if I want to play everything that I love, do I need to maybe perform in nine separate bands so that i perform everything that i love or can i just right. have one project that has everything mm-hmm. that i love in it and uh and that's where all this fuse comes in where essentially all of my influences are fused into one big project uh-huh. where everything comes together and so i i'm uh, i'm essentially the band leader and composer for the group mm-hmm. so you know we've released three albums so far uh they have been critically acclaimed i'm happy to say uh, they have gotten some considerable press coverage as well. Okay. So, and yeah, you know, they, they comprise all these things that I grew up listening to. You can hear maybe some uh, old school weather report. You can hear some some maybe oh. ACDC-ish type of stuff. Maybe okay. some <laughs> some of that. You can hear some uh, some more like red hot chili peppers, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit of little lounge bit of music. Funk. A little bit of funk. Yeah, there's a little bit of everything in there, essentially. Like I said all of my influences fused into one thing into one big project.
2: (laughs) What kind of music influenced you more than the others would you say jazz or the rock genre?
4: Yeah I feel like I took uh, after a while I took a big liking for jazz music for instrumental music Mm -hmm. in general but then I started liking uh, the traditional jazz and I started learning about it Mm -hmm. and then I started getting into its evolution so going from jazz to jazz fusion so I would say Uh, Jazz fusion, perhaps within the jazz genre, is one of the biggest influences, jazz Uh fusion. And then, because jazz fusion essentially allows for more possibilities, more alternatives, Mm -hmm. then I feel like everything (laughs) that isn't purely traditional or purely conserving a a style Mm -hmm. is in and of itself, you know, a, a jazz fusion, right? Some people call it progressive some people call it progressive jazz a little bit and i can see where they come from with that i, I also think that uh, critics love to spend a lot of time speaking about genres <laughs> it's like what it's like one of their favorite yeah. things mm-hmm. so i m- i myself started calling it jazz plus when i started the project just so like jazz plus anything could happen right right um but whatever people want to call it it's up to them you know it, i made the music and i put it out there and then it becomes you know people's music as well right like it becomes part of their environment and what they love
2: and when you're recording and performing live are you performing as a solo artist or do you collaborate with other musicians often
4: so i do a little bit of both and that's also one of the good things about being about being a jazz player um more so than sometimes in other styles is that you get to develop like your own musical voice. Mm-hmm. So your, 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 your playing an instrument becomes kind of like your voice and people recognize your voice. And so people, people have called me to play for rock uh, projects. There's a, there's a project that I contributed to which was called Surge. Mm-hmm. And uh, the album released last year as well. Um, and it's a rock album. It's like indie rock. It has a lot of influences from a lot of interesting places. Mm-hmm. I also uh, have worked with like singer-songwriters And, you know, adding bass lines to their music that actually fits their, essentially their emotional spectrum and their vocal spectrum that they're working with. Um, So, yeah, so I've been called for a lot of these different types of things as a contributing artist. And I have also collaborated, especially here in the Bay Area, with different artists from uh, the Latin jazz scene. Also, the the straight-ahead jazz, right, which we, is, I guess, the more traditional jazz.
2: Classical? (laughs) Not as much.
4: Well, yeah, kind of of like the classic jazz, yeah. And I've also collaborated a little bit, started collaborating more with people who do rock as well. So, like, new rock projects, indie rock that are happening. A little bit of shredding here and there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you play... um, What instruments do you play?
4: So, my main instrument is the electric bass. Okay. And then, uh, I can play the upright, uh, depending on what the setting is mm-hmm. um i also have been known to play guitars at weddings when they just apparently show up and people aren't doing anything so that i get people singing <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's just kind of like a random thing that happens yeah once in a while maybe around a campfire as well <laughs> uh and i can also i guess i can also play piano some basic percussion and that oh, and whatnot okay. which it's part of what allows me to write music for all of these instruments mm-hmm. in uh in my group, it's uh, the, my ability to be, feel familiar with the instrument and know what is possible and what, and what is pushing the instrument as, as, per se.
2: Mm. Yeah. That's awesome, and is there a song that we can listen to off one of these albums that we have? Oh, sure.
4: Um, I would say, so you can pick from the album Before, which is the very first album that we released it was released in 2012 mm-hmm. and this whole album comprises musicians from Puerto Rico and we recorded it in Puerto Rico and so the i would say the very first track of this album
5: mm-hmm.
4: is is essentially the like a portal right so the tune is called doorway mm-hmm. and it's kind of like getting your getting passing through a doorway right passing through a portal into this musical adventure that we're going to go through together right? right so a lot of the music that i write uh because of also my love for cinematic music and uh even video game music right uh, uh-huh. it has some pretty visual connotations within the music so you uh-huh. will feel like you're traveling through several paths and several steps and doors are opening and things are changing mm-hmm. and so kind of like a mental expansion that will <laughs> give you an idea of what else is to come.
2: Ooh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> Let's hear it. that's correct. And that's kind of an interesting track for the beginning of the album because it's like it's introducing you to what may or may not be coming later on.
4: Yeah, that's right. So in- instead of instead of you, if bringing you in a little bit like too aggressively it's like uh, slowly building in right? So we start with you know slow piano and everything and then we start bringing in all the instruments and start bringing in some interesting metrics like meters so we're not necessarily playing 4-4 the whole time sometimes we're playing 5-4 we're playing this we're playing that so we're we're making you comfortable and uncomfortable so that you know that anything can happen in the rest of this album and the rest of the all this fused journey right Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's part of it
2: (laughs) and do you write all of the music on your own or do you collaborate in terms of the songwriting Experience.
4: So for the for these albums, for the Always Fuse project so far, I've been doing the compositions myself. Um, each of the albums is, is kind of like painting a picture or maybe even writing a book mm-hmm. in a way. It's like I'm writing a book about a specific uh, situation or a specific idea, and I'm exploring it. And so I feel like, in a way, that's a very personal journey, right? So that's something that... If you're trying to explore your own psyche or if you're trying to explore your own emotions, it it would be kind of hard to collaborate with someone and kind of get the same idea. Don't
2: tell me what to think.
4: (laughs) Right. And so in in order to explore those emotions and even understand them, really, um, I've been using this project as my, my vehicle as opposed to maybe paying for a therapist i don't know
2: (laughs) (laughs) well music is much more fun and interesting
4: that's for sure yes
2: (laughs) and do you have any upcoming performances
4: so i within the bay area i started a new project which is called the barely jazz ensemble and so I'm, i'm performing with that group at least every second thursday of the month there's this place called the center sf which is at the Fillmore between Fell and Oak. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing there is we're doing live music, but we're also doing open jam. And again because of the same mentality that I have around all the influence, influences of music coming together, like music is music is music, right? right. It's not about genres. Um mm-hmm. I've made it so that, you know, all skill levels welcome. I don't care how great you play or how bad you play. I just want <laughs> I just care that you play. Yeah. And uh all genres welcome. So if you, you know, we have played pretty much anything over there. You know, we've had people come up and say, "I want to play this song," and all of a sudden they start playing Willy Wonka's "Pure Imagination," and we're like, "Okay, let's do it." Willy Wonka's "Pure Imagination" in Bolero, yeah, and we and we do it. We make it work because it's about the musical exploration. It's about kind of like sharing together, kind of like a hangout, like kind a musical hangout.
3: Kind of like an my open mic, right?
4: It's kind of like an open mic, but in the band joins you, right? So instead yeah. of you bringing in your instrument and playing, and
3: you're pre-recorded. <laughs> you,
4: you, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the band, you can take in my 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 bass, maybe, or you take in the guitar, or you bring your own guitar and plug it in, and then the rest of the band plays with you. So it's so it's so it's an open jam in that sense that it's you know come in. And we think we're good enough players that we'll be able to follow whatever you, <laughs> you want to play. And we so far have been pretty successful. You know, people have played Lil' Wing. People have played Daft Punk. People have played all kinds of things. You know, we've, we've had some really funny things come up. And we even had... Um, trumpet player show up and he had been playing for maybe six months and he just wanted to get a feel for what it was like to play on stage.
3: Oh,
5: nice.
4: And so, you know, he played and he only played long notes and it was really funny. We did a Radiohead song and it was perfect.
3: What song (laughs) was it?
4: It's uh, the National Anthem. Are you familiar with that one? Everyone everyone around here
3: oh so radiohead yeah <laughs> i was like the u.s national anthem
5: no no no, no radiohead no i know radiohead. No, yeah yeah yeah
4: i believe it's She's from like, kid no. a the album kid a yeah yeah, yeah. and so we i was
3: like, i don't want to sound stupid and be like Radiohead. <laughs> you're like no it was it, the, it was it's the star Spangled banner actually, heard it's actually
4: it. it's actually funny because sometimes i say let's play the national anthem and people start laughing and the, on the stage like uh people there start yeah. laughing because they think we're talking about Star yeah. Spangled Banner <laughs> and then we start playing Radiohead and they're like, this is something else.
5: <laughs> and they're is like, their in their heart and you're like, no. What the heck is this?
4: <laughs> yeah. So it, it has been a great experience, you know, just being able to I guess, bridge a little bit of the the segregation, maybe. so like we have we've had people from jazz, the jazz scene show up, people from the Latin jazz scene. people some people are a little bit more punk, some people are a little bit more folky, uh-huh. and they show up and they just they they play, you know, because it's it's all about playing. and even some people who used to play and uh, they haven't been on stage for five, ten years, oh, and wow. and all of a sudden they get on stage and they're playing again. Easily, they're easing into it because they're like just jamming one song with this band that's already there. Yeah. That's All they're gesture. doing it's kind of like getting it's back. Like into you
3: have it. no excuse to not get over your stage right Exactly. Yeah, you're
2: not, you're not doing it alone.
4: You're not doing it alone. We're with you. So it's, if it sounds the... great, <laughs> it's an accident. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no one <laughs> and will and know you This is at the center.
4: <laughs> this is at the center SF. Yes, and uh, the center SF oh, com it's
2: between Fell and Oak.
4: Between Fell on... and Oak on Fillmore so
3: like by the Boom Boom Room, like, or is it?
4: Past the Boom Boom Room? Do you know where the church on Eight Wheels is? The old church where people do, like, roller disco?
2: Oh, I want to do it. I've done it, but not it. Oh, that's location. like, that's, that's
3: like, that's like, that's like.
4: That's higher up. Okay. Yes, higher yeah. up than the Boom Boom Room. Way, yeah. way higher up. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I, I Yeah, I know where you're talking
4: about. So it's around that area. Yeah. and It's it's called the Center SF.
2: And it's every second Thursday?
4: Every second Thursday, we're doing the jam sessions over there. It's live life music. You know, we start by doing some arrangements of pop. Songs like we've done "Simple Minds," right? The Breakfast Club songs, right? Uh, we've done again like Red Hot Chili Peppers. We've done all these things, but we've done them in again what we call the barely jazz sound, which yeah. is not really jazz, yeah. but it's also not really the original thing. It's something else.
2: It's so an interpretation. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we improvise, we play a little bit, you know, we, we develop the tune, and maybe we take it places where people are like, whoa, I had never thought of that tune like that before. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the great thing is that every night it sounds different. You know, yeah. it, it we start off from like same basic ideas, but all of a sudden they develop into different places. You know? That's
2: so cool. You know? And um, where can people find out more about you on
4: Online. well they can go to joan torres so that's uh j-o-a-n-t-o-r-r-e-s mm-hmm. music.com and the same thing you can go to youtube.com slash joan torres music and find some of the videos for both all this fuse and the barely, barely jazz ensemble and uh if you go to facebook as well facebook.com slash joan torres music you will find uh the, the Facebook page where we post news about what we're doing what I'm doing and what uh, videos about some of these gigs and uh, all of these things and keep and you can keep up with the news in terms of events and everything that's happening
2: do you have people reach out to you that are not in the Bay Area but are interested in participating or are fans of your music?
4: I have had yes I have pe- I have people from different areas like um, people in Philadelphia and whatnot that you know they reach out and they they even ask about you know like where like where are your influences coming from like like i'm interested in this maybe i remember there's was, there was, there's this one guy specifically who who is a bass player he was just really curious about mm-hmm. um i guess how how i was able to marry all of these things right <laughs> and so he reached out probably thinking that i wasn't going to respond and i did <laughs> and so he's like
2: just putting it out there
4: <laughs> right and you know, I think I think uh, he's what you'd call a super fan at this point. You know, he's he, I have a newsletter and he keeps up with the newsletter and everything. And you know, so this is the type of p- a person that has gotten really engaged. Um, and it, and it all started, I think, he heard about the album, and then reached out, and the whole thing has become uh, very very positive i think for him and for me as well right because it, it's it's a reassuring. it's reassuring to know that there are people out there that are positively affected by by the experience right they have maybe the same experience of loving so much music trying to marry it together like how do i do it oh this guy's doing it let me see <laughs> let me see if i can ask him for 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 ideas right
2: yeah and now i'm gonna ask you a non-related music question where did you get your hat from <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> the hat is a is a very mystical story i think I had to ask <laughs> it's really funny because um i used to when i was in high school i used to play every thursday and friday night i used to play uh i i used to play at at restaurants right mm-hmm. and um i remember being late to a thursday gig
5: mm-hmm.
4: the, i was supposed to be there. I was supposed to be there, like, at 7, and it was already 6.30 or so, and I was running late because I was at a rehearsal for something else at the school. And I get home, and I put on my clothes, like, I try to change as fast as possible so that I can be driven there because I still couldn't drive at the time. And... I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, my head is just a huge mess. Like it doesn't look very well with these clothes. It just looks like a huge mess. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I could try to find a brush or something. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then I go out to the kitchen counter and I see this hat just sitting there. I don't know where it came from. I had not seen it before. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just gonna take this. And I put it on, I looked at myself in the mirror for like two seconds, and I was like, okay, it works. Let's go. Interesting. And I just left, and it has been pretty much mine ever since. Uh, <laughs> turns out that it was my mom who had bought it uh, or, or something oh, along those lines. Dang, you
3: should have told us. We don't know where it came from. It just disappeared.
4: <laughs> no, it, turns out, there was, it, was, it, it turns out that it was my mom. And I didn't find out immediately, actually. It took a few years before she said, you know, that hat used to be mine. And I was like, oh, really? I had no idea. I just thought it appeared there. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Ma. But it has become, I guess, part of my, my image. Uh, it's kind of like the, the, the eternal summer hat. So it gives people a little bit of a reminder about the land of the eternal summer, which is the Caribbean. Uh-huh.
5: <laughs> yeah. That's right.
3: It's, we need that here because we never see the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Our
2: summer has just begun. And yet. it just ended. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. Two, yeah. day, two days of heat. Yeah. Now Carl is going <laughs> to That take was over.
3: more than enough for us.
2: I thinking, <laughs> I've been was living it? here for
3: six years and I was just like, I'm done with the heat. It was cute at first. But.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, wait, <laughs> isn't it going to be 80 like next week? <laughs> oh, my God.
4: Well, I don't I don't know if 80 is considered hot, but, you 82, know, it's... man. <laughs> 100 was a
2: little it's too hot. in around here on Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> right. But at night, it's going to be 58. No! That's okay. Take what you can get, right? Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, that's
4: right. It was actually interesting to see because when it got really hot, I started hearing about these cooling centers and I was like, yeah, that usually is just like a regular day at the beach yeah. back in the Caribbean. I don't know.
2: <laughs> What's yeah. wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah. So where do you see yourself going in the next couple of years? Do you see yourself doing like a West Coast or US tour or performing back in Puerto Rico at some point or...
4: Well those those are or some of the plans that are coming up. Um we we we're going we're working on an East Coast tour, so we have a lot of our a lot of our the musicians within the all This Fuse project are actually living at the moment in New York or Boston. Okay. And so it'd be easier to just get all the resources together and mm-hmm. for me to just go over there and get yeah. some of the rest of the guys and, and we get together and we do stuff over the East Coast. So we're planning we're planning that. Uh, and then we also want to come back to the Bay Area. So last year, while we were working on our third album of the musical, while we, we, we came by and we performed, actually, we also performed at the center. We did a bit of a fundraiser for that space because mm-hmm. uh, you know, they they were trying to open up a tea house and set up this like movement arts and everything. And I am a, a huge supporter of that type of, 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 mm-hmm. of art, right? Like, movement arts is also very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did, we performed over there, we did a, b- a bit of a fundraiser uh, for them, and I think it was a huge success, the place was, was packed. Oh, good. <laughs> and so, you know, it was, it was great, because there, there was actually a high number of people that could laugh at my jokes. So <laughs> You're
2: was, doing stand-up? That, that
4: <laughs> well, you know, I always try to explain the music to the people, and uh, it's actually really amazing when you have a uh, when when doing i remember that show specifically everybody was just like really focused and listening to the music and listening to the explanations and everything and it was really great to see everybody kind of like listen in and focus and realize oh yeah i can totally hear it. like i can totally understand what's going on and i like the the intimate shows a lot because you can really connect with the crowd it really feels like a it really feels like a living room show more, show, more so than a spectacle or a performance that you're putting up for thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like maybe our music can get there at some point, but uh, I feel like I always prefer the, the, the small, personal, more intimate shows because people can really connect with the music and people can really feel what we're talking about. Um, and so that's a, big, that's a big thing for me, right? It's not just uh, look at us play, it's more about let's experience the music, right? Let's, right. let's be part of something
2: that's true it's good to be a part of something bigger than just yourself
4: yeah that's right yeah and I, you know and sometimes you argue like uh for me at least what 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 i call true inspiration sometimes it feels like it, like it doesn't even come from me right like it's it's music that it that is already that has already been written as i am writing it like it's oh of course it makes sense this is what the music is right and you finish the composition and all of a sudden it's like it came from some uh magical place yeah that just do, that you just happen to have tapped into at that point
2: is some of the music? well this kind of go backs to your goes back to your influences but are you do you feel like some of your music is also indigenous like something that would be if you were in puerto rico you would be able to relate to it
4: um i would i would definitely i would definitely say that it It all has a very deep connection with my uh emotional state perhaps let's say and when the things that i am seeing right so you know within the this newest album of the musical a lot of the concepts are about being invaded with these like foreign ideas and for me right like i moved to the bay area from puerto rico in uh 2014 Mm -hmm. and we start. i started working on the music in 2015 we recorded in 2016 and so there were all these ideas, foreign, seemingly foreign ideas, that were invading me just from being in a different location, just from being in a different geography. Mm-hmm. And um, it, they're not really foreign. They're also part of, of who I am now, right? It's mm-hmm. just more growth and more everything. So the that's, that tune specifically is about tapping into that idea, right? And everything. And, you know, right now with everything that's happening in the Caribbean, yeah. uh, it, it, I think it will be it will be a, di- a completely different uh, journey for me as well, right? And and for all of us, for all of, of of the All This Fuse group, we have you know our families are still there, you know, and so it's 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 a big thing. It's going to be a big thing for us.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Is there another song that you want to play from this album or the second one?
4: Well, perhaps we can we can move to the song that I was just referring to, right on the uh-huh. on the third album of the musical, uh, and that would be the first track, Invaded. Which is a bit of a, I guess, like I said, you know, the idea behind it is imagine yourself thinking, right? Just you're setting a, you're setting yourself, you're thinking, and
5: then sometimes
4: sometime thoughts happen and they don't seem to be to belong to you, right? right. It seems like you're being invaded by all these thoughts that, uh-huh. that are may, are they foreign? Are they mine? Like, where are they coming from? Right.
2: Some of them make me feel crazy. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I can understand that, right? Like we're we're all we all we all question like what 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 is actually happening in my head, right? Yeah. And we all have these moments where it's like,
5: hmm. Is this
2: normal? <laughs> yes. Should this, should I be thinking this? <laughs> song was awesome hmm? and how long was that song that was a couple of minutes like six minutes uh, oh yeah okay. yeah it was Some, like, something like that yeah. a little bit longer and is that one of the that's one of the newer yes so that's
4: part that's part of the our third album of the musical um and so the album itself the whole album is is sort of an instrumental musical But then of the musical in the title, it also refers to the, the, this constant struggle that I think a lot of musicians face where, where you want to make, where you want to push yourself, right? Yeah. But you, but you don't want to push yourself and make music that is technically impressive, but not musical, right? So how can you make music that is musical and it's, and it's also pushing yourself technically, right? Like you're, you're pushing beyond your, your. Your everyday skills or the skills that you already have, and you keep attaining more and more and more musicality, more, more musicianship um re- regardless like without affecting the the musicality of the music right you want to you' don't want to keep it musical, but you also want to push yourself. So this album explores a little bit of both of those sides how to make music, how to make instrumental music feel like a musical where you feel the specific emotions of each character, right. So in this case, you could argue that every instrument has its own character, mm-hmm. and they'll have their own solos and their own, and their own songs. And then it's an interesting exploration because uh, the, musician, the musician has to go in, right? So our whole group has to go in prepared to, when they're improvising, they can't just improvise. They have to improvise within the mood of this, the, the tune, right? But we want to portray Mm -hmm. Right. So it's about controlling that improvisation and at the same time letting it flow.
2: (laughs) It's a a lot of like, uh, what do you call it, yin and yang or juxtaposition, finding the right balance. Yes. Um, How long does it take you to uh, write the album and then record it from beginning to end?
4: So the in terms of writing the music that can take anywhere between. I would say three months at the low estimate, and probably maybe even I don't know nine months to a year Mm -hmm. at the at the high estimate. Depending on how, depending on on my state of mind, I guess, in terms of like what I want to get across, how clear my idea about the concept of this new album, this new book is. Um, And then once I get everybody together, once I start sending them the music and start planning everything out, and we start rehearsing, we start playing this music. And we start getting comfortable with it. Um, the idea is that we go to the studio and then we play everything live. Because again, because of the, this, this is the, the the part that I love about jazz. is The, the improvisational aspect of it. Com- it is really great when everybody's responding to each other and what's happening in the moment. So it's all about being in the moment. And so because of that, we have to record live. So that part requires a lot of, Preparation, And then when we go get to the studio, we take maybe two days, three days, and we play the tunes once or twice. Mm-hmm. And usually from from one of those takes, we have the, the album cut, essentially, right? Like the, the, the take that's going to make it into the final product.
2: The final cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and usually you record in a studio. You don't necessarily record at home.
4: No I think because because of the size of our group you yeah. know we we're six musicians, right uh two guitars bass uh saxophone alto saxophone uh and then drums and piano uh, you know where it, it would be a lot to try to like set up a home studio to yeah. to, to do the whole thing, mm-hmm. and so you know we've been using we've been using studios like big studios, which funny enough i've I've come to find that they, te- they are now, they now seem to be harder to find bigger studios than there are smaller studios. Huh. Like you, can follow, you can find studios with small cabins where you can do like, lay down a guitar, lay down vocals, things like that. But, you know, uh, finding so, a big studio where you can record a whole band, uh-huh. it, it has become...
2: I guess it's more expensive or more of a, a treat. <laughs> yeah, it's more
4: of a challenge. We were lucky enough to, to, for this album, you know, we recorded at different first studios here in San Francisco. And you know that's a studio with a beautiful history, you know herbie Hancock Primus, like people like Joseph Triani have recorded there, like just a number of people have recorded there has mm-hmm. a beautiful history It's been there since the seventies, and nice. everybody there is just really great energy they're 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 awesome they're awesome, loved working over there
2: that's great. um I think we have time for one more song
4: oh sure, yeah
2: there's one in particular you're thinking of
4: uh I think perhaps ultramarine is a big a tune that people really, really enjoy. And so this track four on, 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 of the musical. And, you know, track this, four. this track is more of like a, I would say, like a sanctuary, right? When you need to like filter out the world, mm. just filter it out and then, oh, you know, yeah. just like reset your thoughts. Can and, I do that every over. day? <laughs> you should do that at every moment, probably.
2: <laughs> I just need to get rid of it. Okay. <laughs>
4: As I said, it is a sanctuary. So you can forget about everything. Yeah. You can close out the rest of the world and right. uh, just reset.
2: Yeah, definitely towards the end, I was like, huh, I could kind of lose myself in this for, for a bit. Right. Sometimes you just need that.
4: Yeah, I think it's definitely necessary to, to do it. And everybody gets to figure out how often, but to do it often is important. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: All the time. 24-7.
4: <laughs> also, yeah. Do it you can get to that point where you're relaxed 24 seven yes by all means
2: <laughs> <laughs> sounds amazing and if people uh want to donate to help uh people that were affected by the recent hurricanes in the in the caribbean specifically do you know who they can look for on the internets
4: yes um so first of all i would say that uh I myself, I'm personally going to the Caribbean. I'm I'm going to Puerto Rico to help my family and uh, help friends and people that I can find. Uh, just I'm going to be taking a bunch of resources and uh, try to help as much as I can, mm-hmm. at least within you know start with one neighborhood and slowly you know you never you you don't know what might happen from there. But I know mm-hmm. that you know we Joan Torres music. We will be donating any money that we make probably for the for the next i don't know six months a year we don't know just almost at this point we just want to help as much as we can yeah and we will be donating all the income that we made from anything so feel free to you know if you buy our album or mm. to tell people about it you know gift it to people whatever it is we'll be giving our money all that money we'll be donating it but additionally you can find more information um, the puerto rico's first lady she started A charity called United for Puerto Rico, or Unidos por Puerto Rico in Spanish. You can find both, Uh Um, and you can donate there to to help the cause. And I think that's one of probably one of the biggest ones right now. And and I know there are a lot of other people like setting up GoFundmes and everything, and so you can definitely follow up on that. But at least you know, know that uh, at least us, we are donating whatever we make into probably the United for Puerto Rico. Uh, charity mm-hmm. if possible. So you can just give directly over there and uh, you know, maybe even direct to families in our case, right? Because we know we have connections to communities over there in Puerto Rico. So maybe right. what we'll do is that we'll donate the money to people direct into communities t- directly and mm. help them out as much as we can. That's good. Cause this is, this was a huge natural disaster that nobody was expecting. It caught everybody off guard. You know, right. we all prepared for Irma and then within Two weeks after, within three days, a tropical storm just becomes this Category 5 hurricane that devastated everything. And it was a direct hit to the island.
2: I couldn't believe, I mean, one hurricane is one thing, but knowing that there's more coming behind it, it's like, yeah, this is insane. Yeah, and the
4: the hurricane season's not over, so anything could happen, that's true. But at least for now, we're trying to, you know, help people get started, you know, Mm -hmm. with the hopes that the... The, the the season will let up. It won't be as relentless as it has been anymore, and people can can finally recover and start you know the rebuilding process.
2: Right. Yeah.
4: Are you Are you there? So I'm I'm I, I'm going to be making a stop at least in in chicago so for all i know i might get stuck in chicago maybe if the if the airline or the weather or or the puerto rico airport doesn't let me get in oh yeah or doesn't let the flights get in Mm -hmm. so 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 i don't know it's going to be a challenge but i'm going to do my best to try to get there you know because uh you know it's not a matter i don't think it's a matter of of if i'm going to go there it's a matter of how i'm going to make it there Mm
2: -hmm. and you will and it's it's a great thing that you're doing i mean primarily for your own family but of for course the yeah communities as well
4: yeah no, I, ha- I mean mo- my friends and people that have worked with me throughout the years i feel like in, in a way they're family too so you know I, I will try to help them as much as i can as well
2: that's awesome well thanks so much for coming on today
4: yeah awesome thank you for having me i hope you enjoyed the music That's yeah. for
2: sure. yes definitely <laughs> i really did i'm like oh i'm gonna listen to that that doorway track again you just start meditating more often
5: (laughs) yeah that's awesome
2: well great well I hope you have a safe trip yeah thank you primarily stay safe and um, United for Puerto Rico yeah United um, for Puerto Rico is um, the primary uh, charity that we're thinking about and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio (laughs)
1: style wizard and shit or whatever the dark version is and all the, all that shit would be amazing like you could have the fucking chinese rail dudes with their like teched out crazy fucking trains that come in and just blast the shit out of the fucking confederate side you know it would just be amazing like if you really said well fuck it because no one gives a shit anyway the people who care care and the people who don't don't so why not say fuck it and have fun with the motherfucking idea right you know that's my thing I would love to like like you know like have like prayer powers and shit you know they'd be like clerics and fucking all that shit would be amazing like Sherman is still my favorite and he would be even cooler in a psychotic crazy um, just (laughs) just a badass fire wizard type dude or like just an amazing fucking soldier and all that shit man um, yeah like that to me sounds fun like a collectible card game where you like threw down fucking uh, you know like a slave chant or a fucking you know? <laughs> boost your dudes and all that stuff like Magic the Gathering that would be amazing and you would make so much money off of that shit people would play the shit out of that thing cause it's kind of familiar kind of not it's far enough away back in the past that like you know the people who give a shit are dead or the people who were there were dead and the other ones are just weird so that's like i think that shit would make so much fucking money and um yeah that's that's my new thing so i'm gonna find somebody who makes like collectible card games be the fucking phone. there you go i'm gonna find someone who makes collectible card games and do that shit because that's gonna be super fun you know make up like a stack maybe i'll talk to the the other engineer here what do you care all right anyway i stepped on a bird last week after i left the studio stepped on a say stepped on a robin i stepped on a pigeon and uh that was weird i thought i stepped in dog shit which i've never done in this town so i was like wow broke my fucking streak
6: nope